0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good morning, everyone. This is Stuart Crawford coming to you via BlogTalkRadio.com, and from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, the home of the Small Business IT Radio Show. And we have a very special edition of Small Business IT Radio today. A little out of our normal schedule of Fridays, but we had to get this one in, and we wanted to get it done on a special broadcast today. Today, we are joined with Robin Robbins. And for, for you guys that don't know who Robin is. She's one of the um, marketing gurus when it comes to small business IT consultants, IT professionals out there that are looking at growing their business and struggle with the marketing side. Robin has some great tips that uh, can help grow your business, but also not break the bank. And uh, I've known Robin for quite a few years, got to see her talk in a number of uh, conventions and conferences across North America, and we're pleased and honored to have her join us on Small Business IT Radio today here on Blog Talk Radio few logistical things to get out of the way we are expecting hopefully a higher than uh, normal call volume uh, for people to ask questions and we are totally open for any listeners to dial in and ask questions today the dial in number is 646-716-5372 let me repeat that one more time 646-716-5372 just hold on the line we'll get to your calls uh, as we have some uh, free spots to get in there, and we'll allow you to ask your questions to to Robin there again uh, feel free to dial in at any time. we'll just keep you on hold there until you we can get you in so I'd like to uh, welcome Robin Robbins to small business i t radio this morning Robin, how are things and what's uh, what's happening in your world these days
0: Well, a whole lot of things and thank you uh, thank you for having me on today and um it's a it's a pleasure and a privilege and um I'm honored that you, you know, thought I had enough good information to share to, uh, to, to have me on this interview today. So things are going great, and uh, I'm also very grateful to you and your listeners for taking time today to, to spend that with me.
1: Well, we're, again, like I said, thank you very much for taking your time to help us. I want to start at the beginning, Robin. When did you have this entrepreneurial thought to get out there and help other small business IT pros with their marketing? Have you always been a marketing-type coach?
0: Well, yeah, I've well, I've always been in sales my entire life. From the very beginning, I I was selling, and um, it's now the tide's starting to turn because I've in the in the past I had more experience doing direct one-on-one sales for high-end services, and now. I have more experience or equal experience in doing the, the marketing side. And just to be clear so that everyone understands, I, marketing to me is what sets up the sale. And then selling is what you do one-on-one when you're in front of a customer. But marketing is what greases the skids. It's what makes it easier when you are selling. It positions you properly. It is the fuel. So um, it does a lot of the grunt work for you. I I, re- I used to do cold calling years ago, and I don't do that anymore. Um, so it's it's to facilitate the selling process, but um, I've been in sales my whole life. I've worked for a number of marketing agencies, and I have done marketing campaigns, direct response marketing campaigns for a number of different industries, and that has really served me well because I think when you – get into a certain world, even in the IT world, what most people do is they just look around at what everyone else is doing in their industry and they just copy what they're doing from a marketing standpoint. And uh, in the previous years working in a a couple different agencies, I got to see a lot of different sales-driven organizations and how they do marketing. Um, How I came about working in this space particularly was uh, several years ago, um, CompTIA hired me to do a six-month telecoaching series for their members. Some of those are VARs. So most of them are computer training schools, but some of them are VARs. And I did have experience working in the IT space for years, so it's, um, it's not a foreign concept to me. But that's really when I launched what I was doing, because at the end of that six-month program, I had a number of the VARs small VARs that were in the the 6 months telecoaching program come to me and say, how do we hire you one-on-one? We want more. And I acquired a few clients, and it just worked out very well. They were getting great success. I enjoyed working with them. And, uh, you know, just as anything, word of mouth kind of traveled. And before I knew it, I, I had, you know, over a dozen private clients I was working with one-on-one that were p- particularly small VARs, managed service providers, system integrators. And very quickly I could see how this could be sort of canned and replicated for everyone because when I when I would create a marketing campaign for one VAR, I could see how it would be easily transferable to the other people I was working with. And so long story longer, uh, I created the technology marketing toolkit, which is basically – Uh, in a a box what the systems and processes and campaigns that I was developing, working with my clients one-on-one. It was a process that I had developed for taking them from not knowing anything about marketing, not having any successes to build on, not even knowing where to start, very little budget, no staff, no salespeople, no marketing manager to speak of, and getting them to a a place where they could consistently acquire new clients, close more sales, increase their rates, and all the other good stuff that comes with great marketing. And that's what the toolkit is. And I've been continually developing and refining that system over the years. Uh, I'm currently running the largest sales and marketing coaching program in the world for small IT business owners. And uh, we have 850 paying members, and that's growing. And I have over 2,000 people who are clients who have bought my technology marketing toolkit or my managed services blueprint. So that's kind of how it evolved. I guess I don't know if that answers your question to give you sort of a background.
1: Well, it's great. It's great. And I actually set up a couple of other questions I had. Um, I have a good friend of mine, similar type business you're in, Robin, but he's more generally focused at small business, and he works primarily in Western Canada. And he taught me a valuable lesson, and maybe you can comment on it, and I think he kind of touched on it slightly there. His, and his name is Carl Bryan, and he taught me the, the valuable lesson. That he sat down with me one time over a beer. He said, you know, Stuart, you're going to make a lot more money in this business being different than concentrating on being better. Is this what you're seeing across the whole small business IT space with bars and SIs out there?
0: Well, I think what he might be referring to is that you need some sort of unique selling proposition, and a unique selling proposition is simply simply an answer to the question, why should a prospective customer choose you over all the other options they have available? And other options include not just your competitors, but, you know, Geek Squad and Dell and all these other big companies that are coming into the space. It includes hiring an in-house person. It includes doing it themselves. Whether that's a good choice or not, I mean, it's still an option, and it's also the option to do nothing. So I think that, yes, everybody listening, if you're going to be successful in business, and what I define as being successful in business is making the kind of money you want to make, uh, whatever that is, is that you have to be able to have a good reason why a customer should buy from you. And obviously, that goes hand-in-hand with being good at great at what you do not just good but great at what you do that includes providing the best services being able to deliver them in a way that makes the customer happy Um, fulfilling on the things that their expectations, maybe even managing their expectations, all those things. And uh, so, yes, I think you have to have that because the world does not need just another computer consultant. It's full of people like that. What the world needs are solutions to problems, and I know that's a really trite old thing, you we sell solutions, not not widgets or whatever, but um, I think that's what he was talking about, and I agree. I think that not only do you have to... um, be better but then you have to with the key to it is you and different but you have to be able to communicate that to your market in such a way that it gets their attention that it's compelling that it resonates with them because if you you can have the absolute best service in the world you can say well Robin I am great at customer service I'm we we deliver way better than our competition we go above and beyond but if you can't communicate that in such a way that your prospective market, your customers understand it and it has an emotional connection with them so they actually feel as though they can trust you and they, and they give you that opportunity to earn their business. If you can't do that, then you're going to be the best-kept secret in your town you're going to constantly struggle to get new business and make sales.
1: That's, uh, you know, that's exactly what I think Carl was going down the same road you just described there. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you mentioned about systems and uh, processes, or uh, for our, my good friends in Minnesota, processes, because we kind of pronounce the old a little bit heavier up here. Up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, how important are systems in, in marketing? Because what I find a lot of uh, small business VARs and uh, SIs and small business specialists, and you know what, hey, sometimes I'm even guilty of it, mm-hmm. is I just hop on the latest trend. I think, oh, this is happening, and we need to get out there and do it. And, and sometimes the, the system is not built you know i can send out a thousand direct mail pieces and what happens if i hit on 50% do i have the back end capacity and sometimes you fail to plan for that um, you know how how important is systematizing your uh, marketing efforts
0: well i agree that there are there are uh, in business there's always opportunities that spring up that you have to take take advantage of and so you know jumping on the latest trend is not necessarily a bad thing What is a bad thing is that if you constantly try and recreate the wheel every single time, you have a promotion because in marketing, there are systems, there are formulas for generating success. And so it's particularly with small businesses. And really, I I learned this from Michael Gerber, so I I give a lot of credit to Michael Gerber because he really – Um, taught me to think systematically about my business. Where I first saw it in action was when I went to work with Tony Robbins. He has a brilliant canned marketing system that he is now able to replicate. Um, Tony started out just doing the dog and ponies himself, kind of like what I'm doing now, starting out. And he was able to can and clone his entire pitch, presentation, the sales and marketing process. So Tony doesn't run it today. Today he's got people that do that for him and they just report the numbers. And in a small business, it's the same thing. Whether it's a system or a process for attracting a new customer and closing a sale or installing a new network, you don't want to be starting from scratch because it's going to take longer. You're not going to get consistent results. And uh, it's just more difficult. But... um, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it depends on uh, the business owner and their belief systems because a lot of them really hate marketing. Um, they've got these really negative, horrible thoughts about what marketing is, what selling is, what salespeople are. I mean, they think of salespeople pe- and they think you got to put on some crazy cheap suit and an ugly tie and, um, you know, slick back your hair, make yourself look real greasy, and, you know, you've got to go out and, and strong, strong-arm people and convince them to send them your money. That's not at all what what really great marketing and selling is. It is about providing solutions. And I actually equate great marketing with education because an educated customer is always going to be my best customer. And that's because I have a very good service that I offer, and I I 100% believe in it. And same with the business owners out there. If you have something that is really great, a service, a product that is necessary, that is going to help your customers, that is going to solve problems. The only reason they're not going to buy is just because they don't, they don't understand the value or they have misconceptions about certain things, and that therefore it's preventing them from obtaining the good that your product or service would offer them. So marketing and selling really is about education, and it is about systems because one of the things that you want to be able to do with your marketing is is can and clone yourself. Um, do we have time to, for me to give you an example, Stuart? Oh,
1: absolutely. A lot of time.
0: Okay. Um, and Let me use my own company so I don't give away secrets from any of my clients and so forth. But um, if you go to my website, technologymarketingtoolkit.com, or you get any of my websites really for that matter, what you'll see up there are free offers. The one offer I've used for years is a free audio CD, and it's a a CD that talks about low-cost, poor-boy marketing strategies that are proven to work to help you double your computer consulting business, and... That, that is a recording I made about four years ago. I really need to update it, but it, just, it still works. And uh, basically I use it. It's up on a website. A visitor goes up and they, they opt in. They get the CD. And then there is a sequence of emails and letters that go up to follow up with, that, with everybody, anybody who opts in to encourage them to buy my toolkit. Once you've bought the toolkit, there is again a sequence of marketing communications by direct mail, email, and by phone that go to follow up to to um, to make sure you consume it, to make sure you're happy, and uh, to talk about my mastermind group and other products and services that I offer. Now, what's important to know about this is this whole process happens and generates me millions of dollars every year without me having to do a single thing. Now, it took a lot of work to set it up, but once it is set up, it runs automatically, systematically, and I've got... People who work for me, who are quite honestly a secretary level, most some of them don 't even know how to you know i mean they're they're not technically savvy they're not they're never been in sales they couldn't sell them they couldn't sell fresh meat to starving wolves, but they can run my system, and my system generates uh, just millions of dollars in revenue. And that's when you really talk about systematizing your your marketing and you talk about canning and cloning yourself. What this is really doing is it's facilitating the whole process of getting a customer to come to you, to seek you out as the guru, to educate them about the value you bring, overcome objections so by the time they get to you, they are pre-sold, predisposed to do business with you you've eliminated any common objections and questions that might come up because i'm sure everybody listening knows that there's certain there's a handful of objections and there's a handful of questions that every prospect has about their services so what you want to do with the marketing whether it's through free reports long form sales letters audio CDs, teleseminars, any of these things, is you want to have a presentation where you're educating the customer, you're overcoming those objections, you're answering their questions. So, again, by the time they get to you, it's the slippery slope. It's very easy to close a sale when somebody's gone through that process.
1: Now, I don't know, Robin, if you have ever um, had a chance to look through the Little Red Book of Selling. I happened to pick it up the other day at one of our local bookstores.
0: I kind Sharon. of always like
1: to get new ideas on what other people are doing out there. And the first thing that hit me on page six, he talks about, uh, you know, the uh, and that message that every salesperson, you can substitute marketing person, may need to hear is, is uh, the question is how do I sell? And I think that's the the wrong approach. A lot of salespeople, or even marketing people, because let's face it, small business sometimes we're wearing two hats. We're wearing marketing and the salesperson hat. Is mm-hmm. I think that's a, the wrong. I personally think it's the wrong approach to take. And I think he kind of mentioned that a little bit here. Is, You've got to take that thinking and that belief system and how do I sell and change it to maybe uh, how do my clients buy or how do my customers buy?
0: Right. I think it's about understanding where you're. First of all, you're you're right. It comes down to first of all, you have to understand your customer. And it and it amazes me how many small computer consultants I can stump them in five seconds, asking a few questions about their customers. They have no idea. Um, They don't know how they think, how their business operates. They, but more importantly, they don't know what was the thought process that got them to buy from you in the first place. What was the pain? What were the problems? What was the situation? What were their belief systems? And when I've created my kit and the whole all the marketing systems that I've created, I, I didn't just sit here one day and go, okay, this is how it should work based on all the marketing books I've read. Um, what I did is when I – and I continue to do this today, so I shouldn't even say did because I continue to do it. And I've do, I, I guarantee you I've done more research in this area, one-on-one research, not – you know take a form off or a multi-question questionnaire on a web form i'm talking getting on the phone and talking with customers one on one and asking them questions and finding out what made you buy from my customer my my computer consultant that that's my customer what was going on what were the problems what were the worries what were the concerns what was your thought process did you how many different computer consultants did you interview or research who was supporting your network before this person what made you want to get rid of them and replace them and i'll tell you it's interesting i have literally done hundreds of those interviews and the commonality of be amongst people of the thought process is very very similar and so a lot of what first of all not selling is not about having something and trying to force it down somebody's throat what selling is Is understanding a customer and where they are, and what their fears and their wants and their beliefs are. And sometimes it's about it's not all. Sometimes it's very often about selling or convincing them or educating them to a better way. So right now, your customer might think, well, I got nothing wrong with my network. It's there. It it works fine. I don't need I don't need a managed service contract. I don't need anything. You know, it works fine. What they don't realize is they're uneducated about the threats and the dangers and so forth. They might not realize their backups aren't working or that Mary in accounting can, you know, she's going to download that EmotionCon little, you know, crazy program or screensaver and introduce a a boatload of spyware or um, any number of things. I mean, they don't understand that. You understand that because you're the consultant, but your customer doesn't. So selling is not a process, again, of taking something and forcing it down somebody's throat. It's about educating a person to a better way and helping them to emotionally engage in that or to really understand that and buy into that if you will and it's buying into something that's not just what you want to sell but something that's good for them, that they can now understand or see the value or the benefit for what you're offering. And so the marketing I teach is all about educating that customer, showing them a better way sh- with proof, guarantees, testimonials, headlines, all those, those strategies I use to get them to buy into this concept of, that you, what you are offering is a better, faster, cheaper, more efficient way of doing things, and then when they understand that, the sale is easy, there's no, there is no struggling, or negotiating, or, you know, haggling, and you, you know, you're always going to get those people, but you just eliminate them, because they're going to be problems anyway, but the majority of people, once they understand that, once they become educated, they become a very, it's, it's an automatic sale, it's not even like you have to have all these slick closes, and phrases that you, and tricks and all that, you know, it's not about that people are intelligent. They don't go for that kind of stuff. What they go for are, are something that, that shows them a, a different way, that shows them something that's better for them, and when they understand that premise, they're, they're just naturally going to go for it. Does that make Perfect. sense? Yeah,
1: yeah it makes, makes a lot of sense. This is Stuart Crawford in conversation with Robin Robbins on Blog Talk Radio on the Canadian, or not the Canadian Small but but it's by other show, Small Business IT Radio, uh, blogtalkradio.com. Uh, we The phone lines are open at 646-716-5372. If you have a question for Robin. Robin, I have another question. Uh, you mentioned many times over belief systems. Mm-hmm. What are some examples that you can give us on limiting beliefs? And I have one in my and even in my own office here, that I encountered once before a while back where I was... Had a chance to go out with one of my system engineers, and we were and we were chatting. With you know, everybody in mean, Calgary downtown is quite concentrated, so we walk a lot of places. We had a few minutes of t- when we were walking to a client's office, and I asked him one day, "What salesperson in the in in your life, you know, uh, upset you?" Or you know, I use other frame, frame of talk when I was talking. I use other uh, words, but uh, I asked him, "So what kind of salesperson upset you in life?" And he had uh, this conception. Of salespeople, uh, what, you know, the herb, I use the herb tardic, like the flick back here, the white belt and the white shoes type person. Uh, a salesperson in his past did something that he didn't agree with, so he labeled all salespeople, all marketing people with that same, that same brush. But what are some of the limiting beliefs that you see out there that you run across when you're coaching your, coaching your clients or working with your, with your clients uh, that are quite frequent in, uh, in the small business IT world?
0: Well, you know, we all do this. So when I say this, I, I want everyone to understand that I'm not sitting on a high horse saying that I've never done this or I don't do it currently. I am more aware that, of these things, and I have done come a long way of of eliminating these these belief systems that that um, in my life that have dramatically helped me increase the amount of money I make and and the success I have. And you have to constantly be on the on the aware of this. But um, Really common ones I see, and, you know, it kind of goes back to, again, referencing back to Michael Gerber. Michael Gerber said most small business owners are technicians suffering from an entrepreneurial seizure. And what he basically meant by that is somebody gets the idea that they want to open their own business and usually it's because it has something to do with the fact that they want more freedom. They want to be able to call the shots. Whoever they're working for, they think they're an idiot and that they can do it better, and, uh, it, or just work environment. So they finally get fed up and say, you know what, I can do this on my own, and so they open up a business. But what they're primarily, the big mistake that they're making is they think that because they know how to do the work, meaning fix the computers, they think then they can be successful in business. And really, that is a, one of the smallest pieces of being successful in business because a true entrepreneur can open any business doing anything because operating or creating a successful business has more to do with knowing how to run a business than to fix a computer. And so you you get somebody who's a technician and uh, they suddenly realize that oh my gosh, I'm going to have to be good at this finance thing. That means I got to keep the books, and I got to do taxes, and I, you know, I have to now be good at hiring people and managing people, and uh, and doing payroll and those sort of things. And then they have to suddenly realize that they have to be good at marketing. And you know, they have a belief about marketing should be done a certain way, and uh, or they have no experience with marketing, and that's really dangerous because. All, you know, the function of a business is to produce a profit for its owner. That's it. I mean, there's, you know, there's other nice things that businesses can do, like provide jobs and give back to the community. And those things are all, you know, you can do all those things too. But at the end of the day, if it's not turning a profit, you can't help anybody else if you can't help yourself, so to speak. So, um a lot of the negative beliefs people have about marketing is it stems out of a fact that they've absolutely done no research on marketing systems. They, they've read very little, maybe read a couple books on marketing I mean, nothing extensive at all. And then they go out into this wide world of marketing and they try something. It fails miserably. And then they go, well, you know, that won't work. I won't do it again. So case in point, they uh, decide, well, let's do a a direct mail piece. Let's do a postcard, okay, because postcards are cheap and they're small and they're short and punchy. And, you know, people don't read long sales letters, so let's do a postcard. And so they're picking a postcard for all the wrong reasons, meaning it's, it's cheaper. Um, it's, they think it's, it's short and punchy, and people will read short stuff. Not, that's a belief system, by the way. It's not the truth. It's just what they believe. Uh, people won't read long things, so I'm going to keep it short and punchy. And they rent some lists from God knows where. They've never done any kind of research on lists at all. And they put together some kind of message on this postcard, mail it out, and when they get absolutely no results, they say, well, direct mail doesn't work. And so they're making and forming opinions based on very, very limited personal experience and very limited research. And it's not that direct mail doesn't work. It does work. I mean, look at your, inbox, your mailbox. Every day it's full of direct marketing, direct mail pieces. Now, granted, there's more bad examples out there than there are good, but it does work because if it didn't work, then people wouldn't be using it. So it's a matter of the belief has to change from direct mail doesn't work to what can I do to make direct mail work for me. And it's a a commitment to figuring out how to make it work for you. Um, And it could be direct mail, yellow pages, telemarketing, websites, Google AdWords. It doesn't matter what it is. The other uh, negative belief is I see a lot of people saying, well, I just don't have the time to do marketing and really what they're saying is i don't want to take the time to do marketing because we all find time to do the things that we want to do and what they're in essence if you re- if they're really being honest with themselves they make sure that they stay too busy to work on their marketing but it's just a way of avoiding something that they think is going to be a painful uh, negative, horrible experience, and so they're going to do everything in humanly possible to find reasons why they can't do those things. Um, you know, Because I don't know of anybody who walks into their office in the morning and says, well, geez, I've got nothing on my plate today. I think today's a great day to work on marketing. I mean, it never happens. You've got to force it. It's got to be... Um, it's just got to be something that's forced into your schedule because it doesn't it doesn't show up. So that would be another negative belief is saying I just don't have time to do marketing. Um, because my I w- what my I would submit to you is that unless you're really happy with the income level that you've got right now, you have to have to find time. There's no excuse. I mean, what else are you going to do? It's not like the money is going to magically show up. It's you know we all as human beings want our situation to improve without having to change anything. So we want to keep our bad habits. We want to keep doing the same things we've always done. And we want to somehow believe it's going to all continue to get better. And that is not the case. There has to be dramatic changes in your beliefs, in your work habits, and how you view things like marketing and selling, and, uh, and this goes for all things, but I'm just in this area is where I'm, I'm most practiced. But uh, those are the kind of things. Usually these negative beliefs show up as excuses as to why they can't make more money or why they can't get direct mail to work or why it usually shows up in a reason why they can't get something done.
1: Okay, perfect. Now, I think I may have given out the wrong uh, listener dial-in number. Let me just make sure I give you guys out the right one. It's four six four six seven one six eight three seven two. I think it gave 5372 out earlier, so 8372 is the final form. I'm wondering why there's nobody uh, dialing in, Robin, so that should be why. <laughs> um, you know, Let me let me relate a personal story with you. We started our company, It Matters, here in Calgary, seven, roughly seven years ago, about seven years since we started the, the thought process anyways. And we're all MCSEs, C&Es, all the next technical mumbo-jumbo to go behind some of our names, and Four years ago, I had a an aha moment. So you know, if I really want to take this business to the next level, uh, I have to get out of the day-to-day tech you know technician work, walk and walk around with the backpack and the screwdriver and a box of CDs, and focus on uh, strategies that are going to help grow the business and marketing and sales was one of them. And I've had the opportunity this year to see Michael Gerber talk at the uh, Harvickers Seminar of the Century just before Microsoft's WPC in, in Aspen, Colorado. It was truly remarkable. Moment, uh, this dude, you don't really sit back and say, you "No, know, yeah, I'm on the uh, the right track. I'm making some of the right moves here. Yeah, I still have some. I still have a long way to go." And nobody's ever perfect. But uh, if you're in that if you're in that cusp right now of thinking, well, "How am I going to get my business to the next level?", you may just want to step back and hire the technicians to go and do the work. Because there's lots of talent. Lots of talent coming out of the, tra- out of the community colleges and the tech, the tech schools these days. Uh, I think what's lacking in uh, in the small business IT world is the marketing uh people, the business leaders to take take the charge and and take the marketing plunge. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think my uh, I think I talked to you yesterday about this uh, Robin about my uh coach that work with Harv Ecker. if somebody doesn't if you don't know who Harv Ecker is, research him on Google. I had the opportunity at, at Gorilla Business School in Los Angeles this spring to talk about this kind of stuff and he has a great course too and I'm not sure if you're familiar with his marketing course. Uh, is that 80% of uh, your business has to be spent in marketing if you're the business owner, because that's where you're going to make all you know that's where you're going to make all your money really, and that's where you're going to keep the pipeline full. You mentioned earlier that's when you're going to get the opportunity to coming in, get the foot in the door, and then put it over to your salespeople to go and actually do the sales type work. Uh, maybe a quick question here for you, Robin. Is you know what's the, what do you see the difference between failure and success? In sales or marketing for small business IT pros.
0: Well, I you know I think it, success is really whatever you define it to be. Um, I think most people in this industry are and, and their businesses are are living quiet lives of desperation, meaning that secretly they feel like failures. And it's because they're not making the money they want. They're not making the progress they want. Because, you know, we can always say, I want to make more money. And um, Dan Sullivan, who is the founder of Strategic Coach, you know, he says that he talks about the gap and the horizon. And to to give you an analogy, wherever you stand here on planet Earth, there's always a horizon. And you can run as fast as you want towards that horizon, and you'll never – reach the horizon because whenever, if you run 100 feet, the horizon automatically moves 100 feet. So where I think what most people feel, they, they secretly feel, lead these lives of quiet desperation, I think, because deep down they know they're not doing everything they could to have more freedom, more success, more money in their business. Uh, If you ask me, I don't want to have an IBM company. I don't want that big of an organization. That's me personally. My goals for my business, I have goals as far as how much money I want to make. I have goals as far as what kind of work I want to be doing. I have goals as far as what kind of people I want to work with and surround myself with. And I have goals as far as how much freedom I want for my business. Um, And I don't need a um, $100 million a year business to do that. So I think, first of all, everybody listening has to define what success is for them what what is what is what do you want your life to be like first and then you design your business so that it facilitates that and um, you know when people say well marketing is not important or i don't have time for marketing i mean basically what they're doing is they're giving up on their dreams they're giving up on the they basically kind of i think sold out if you will they they sort of they feel complete desperation, they don't think it's attainable. So it shows up in other ways like, well, I don't have time to do marketing or I'm too busy to take on new clients so I can't do marketing because that's going to kill me. When Really, when I talk about marketing, and, and again, this goes back to belief systems and frames. When people think about marketing, they're thinking about slogans and websites and logos and brochures. But really what it is, it's about your strategic plan as far as how you are going to facilitate your dream life, whatever your dream life is. So it's when you say you don't have time to do marketing, what you're saying is I don't have time to achieve my most important goals because in order for you to take your business to the next level, something has to change, and not just some things, several things have to change, but your habits, your belief systems, your work patterns, the kind of work, where you're spending your time. And I find most people just stay busy instead of productive they're they're constantly in their email they're constantly on their crackberry they're constantly doing things in their business that are administrative tasks that should be somebody should be hired to do for them things like that um, that's what's killing people as far as making progress and having that success and to me failure is when you make excuses and give up on yourself because any person in any one stretch of point. You can all, we can all always do better. We can all always be smarter. The question is, are you making significant progress, or are you just kind of spinning your wheels and staying exactly where you were, you know, a year ago, two years ago? And to me, tiny progress is not progress. You know, ba- you know making a, you know, $5,000, 10000 a year or more is not significant progress to me. I think that everybody has the ability to have exponential leaps, and the success that they have in their lives. And they should strive for it because, not yes. not just because it's, you know, I say so, but because it's possible. Does that make sense, Stuart? Does that answer any question about It makes total sense. I think
1: you're, you pretty much nailed it there. In, let's just put some numbers to it because, you know, most of us, you know, people are you know, business owners and salespeople like to see things in numbers. Mm-hmm. What would you, in your opinion, uh, a successful company, is it double-digit growth? Are we talking... Ten to twenty five percent, would that be a, a good average per year for growth or?
0: Well again, I see I think a lot of people get caught up in this and this is where they get into trouble. They start defining their success by other people's standards. So in other words, they say, well, because my business isn't doing $10 million a year, I'm not a success. Where I could be running a $1 million a year business making $500,000 in personal income, somebody could be running a $10 million a year business, they could be making maybe $70,000 in personal income and working themselves to death. To me, that's not a success. So, again, I think it it, it starts with you defining what you want your life to be like. And that's a personal thing. That's not for me to say or anybody else to say. Mm -hmm. And I think some people get caught up in growth just for growth's sake. Again, like what I said, I, I define success on multiple levels. Of course, one of them is finances and income. And if I'm not increasing my personal income, by, at a minimum, I mean, over the last couple of years, I've doubled, I've more than doubled my personal income in the last four years. And I, I want to continue on that growth pattern, but at a minimum I'd say, you know, to, to make 25% more than I did the year before because it should have a snowball effect, if anything else. But personal income is just one. And size a company, growth a company is another because I know of businesses, I know of guys that work from their home that have no staff that make a half a million dollars a year in personal income and that's you know and nobody would say they're not successful I mean they work from home they work a couple hours they have a very stress-free life and they're doing fantastic so again I think you have to define what it is for you and then what I think success is is going for it to believe that you can achieve great things and that you make significant progress toward it. not just sit there and say well you know there's no way I could ever do that because my family doesn't support me because my health is bad because, and you know, fill in the blank with any other excuse. I mean, we all have those things to deal with. But that to me is failure. When you sell out to some kind of external factor that is out of your control, momentarily it makes you feel better because you've just passed control on to an external factor. Well, you know, I can't grow my business any faster because I've got three kids and um, you know whatever you know just whatever the excuse is that's selling out. You can't change the fact. Well, I guess you could change the fact you have three kids, probably not legally, but um, you know you just uh, you want to make sure that you're not selling out to some external factor. You can't change certain things. You can't, and when some things you can, or just refuse to. So again, I don't want to give you numbers because it's a very personal thing. Um, but I would say that you, sh- if you are not making the kind of money that you want. If you are not enjoying the kind of freedom you want from your business, if you're not doing the type of work you like, and you're not doing it with the type of people that you enjoy working with, then I would say you need to fix those things.
1: Okay. So now, I, I, mean, I hope that
0: answers because I don't want you. To, I, I I'm trying. It sounds like I might be avoiding it, but I. That's no, really I what think I believe. Yeah,
1: you think pretty much nailed it because I mean that's what I believe too. Is in day one I had to, I had to sit down and say okay what do I want to achieve from this business? And that's not an. I mean that that's say, that doesn't that's not a hit a goal then. Okay, I hit it. What you know, I'm done.
0: Yeah, well, it's like the you, ride, you, what's ne-
1: It's whatever. what's next. Yo, you you got to constantly evolving that 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 goal, uh, that goal setting, or I call it dream dream setting too. Dream setting exercises and right. what I want. You know what I want to do. And then you mentioned one thing that's very key, where a lot of small business IT professionals, uh, I would I'm not I don't want to use the word fail in, in a way of failure, but let's call uh, a spade a spade here. It is they, they, where they fail is they, they don't take action. Right. And that's, that's the key is they don't take action. They talk about it and talk about it. They talk a great story, but they fail to take action. And then, is that what you find with a lot of people?
0: Yeah, and I think also that, that what they, the second side of that is, or they'll take a little action, but then when it doesn't all, like the money doesn't show up on a flatbed truck in small bundles, they give up. It's like the, they have a willingness or even an eagerness at the first sign of difficulty to give up so and we all know as business owners i mean are we we every business is about solving problems a, 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 an entrepreneur's job is to solve problems and the better you are at solving problems the more successful you will be, whether it's a staff problem, whether it's a time management problem, whether it's a revenue problem, a cash flow problem. As an entrepreneur, it's your job to solve problems. And we don't always strike upon the answer, the very first thing we do. And I think a big difference between people who are tremendously successful and those who aren't is is that people who are tremendously successful go until they solve the problem. They never ever give up and so the first we're unsuccessful unsuccessful people the minute that the heat gets turned up in the kitchen the minute things get a little crazy or don't go the way they want or fall through or whatever happens and it happens to all of us they they just give up they just say well you know i started to work on my website but then all these other things came up and i just i just gave up I mean, they gave up. They didn't force themselves to be disciplined to see it through to the, to the successful end. Because then once you have the website set up, that's just, one, that's just step one on a very long path. I mean, you've got to now do testing and refining. And it's going to take you years to uh, – and I wouldn't even say years. It's going to go on forever because you can always improve. And there's always going to be new opportunities presenting themselves. But the good thing is that once you've made a commitment to learn the principles of direct marketing, like what I teach to my students – Um, it gets easier. I mean, it's always more difficult in the beginning because you don't know what you're doing. You're going to end up with some failures. You're going to screw up. And in marketing, it's it's not entirely easy. That's why people like me are necessary. I mean, if this marketing thing was simple and there's only one way to market your business and one thing to do, we would all do that one thing and I'd be out of a job. But that's not the way it is. Sometimes things don't work. And sometimes things that have been working in the past stop working with no reason or rhyme to it whatsoever so you have to commit to the long haul and that goes with any worthwhile goal I don't care if it's losing weight giving up smoking or or growing your business to the next level you have to make a commitment to not give up the first sign when things get rough
1: that's, uh, that's great and um, I actually did a blog posting in my blog a couple days ago on the words "no" and can't do not exist in my vocabulary mm-hmm. that's one thing I always find defe- self-defeating to me is sometimes you get hung up in that, no, I can't do that, or, and then think in the same sentence, and that's a double negative, and I just feel so uh, uh, kind of shut down in a way, but I find if I use words you know, uh, there doesn't seem to be a solution right now, but uh, there's a, there's got to be something out there that can resolve this issue, seeing it through to the end, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. and before you know it, you probably got a new product that you can market, and there's all kinds of opportunities exist for you in the marketplace. So right. no one can't, shouldn't exist in any entrepreneur's vocabulary, in my opinion.
0: Right. And, and I, uh, yeah. there's
1: always a way to find a solution.
0: Yeah. I so, don't, You know, Go I ahead, gonna, Robin. Sorry. I was going to say, success leaves clues. So there are people like myself who are out here day in and day out. My entire focus in my business is, is uncovering new ways, the most effective, proven ways for small IT business owners, for small VARs, managed service providers, system integrators to grow their business profitably, get new clients at a higher ticket price and sell them more services and get more referrals and to make it as easy easy and simple as possible. Now that's not to say, now I've figured it out. I've done a lot of work to be able to give somebody a sales letter and say, mail this out in this way and you will get results and they do. The, the work and the research and the effort and the testing and the money that went into be able to do that is massive, and that's an incredible shortcut. But there are people all across this, uh, this country who have figured out things, and so you don't even have to start from scratch. Model people who are successful. Look at what they've done. But the key to it is not to just choose it as a a smorgasbord and say, well, you know, I like this strategy, but I don't like this one and I don't like this one, and I don't think I want to do this one, but I'll do this one thing. And then they don't get the same results. Well, that's because you didn't follow everything that they did. If, If somebody had success, it's because they've done multiple things Correctly, and if you want to get the same results, you're going to have to do all of those things in order to see the same results.
1: You need to hang out with like-minded individuals, no matter what. If you're if you want to be the best IT technician, hang out with other IT technicians that are the best out there. If you want to be the best marketing person, hang out with marketing people. That's right. what I've I clued into that one a little while ago. Mm-hmm. If I want to hang out with mark, if I want to learn about marketing and improve and even sharpen my saw that way, I hang out with other marketing guys and we go have lunch and we. We talk about marketing tips and tricks, and you take, a few, you take a couple things away that work, and you refine it and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I like what you said there about, uh, you know, hanging out with the right people, finding like-minded people. So let's just kind of get back on, you know, the small business IT consultant here uh, and the marketing because we've got about 15 minutes left. Okay. Uh, what is What type of marketing works best for the small business computer consultant, the managed service provider, IT business owners?
0: Well, the best marketing is called direct response marketing. And direct response marketing has two characteristics. And that is, number one, the ad, the letter, the website, whatever it is, is written and directed specifically for a particular person, not a general audience. Okay? And then number two, the uh, ad, offer, sales letter, whatever it is, has a specific offer with a deadline or some kind of urgency to respond now. Okay, so direct response marketing, whether it's your website, your business card. Most people have a blank backside to their business card. They could put an offer back there, um, postcards, it, it, whatever it is. There should always be a direct response element, whether that's offering a free report, a, an audio CD. Uh, could be a I teach my guys to give away a free network audit or a free service call. Um, a week of spam filtering, a month of spam filtering, whatever it is, you've got to have some kind of irresistible offer, and it's got to be, it's got to have some urgency to respond now. And there's a lot of other elements, but in essence, that's the best type of marketing to do.
1: Okay, so that. In, so what? Do you, what else do you find with? I, I've talked to a few other IT pros out there, and I go to networking events. I belong to BNI. I belong to all these networking clubs. Uh, is that a good approach for marketing in the small business space?
0: Well, I don't think there's any right or wrong. I mean, I have uh, I mean, I have a laundry list of things I do to get new clients, and that would be another secret I'd share with everybody. You cannot just rely on one way of getting new customers because people respond in different ways. One of the things I do in my seminars is I say to people, "Okay, how many of you came here from referrals?" and a number of hands will go up. How many of you came here because you did a Google search, and a number of hands go up? How many of you came here because you got a direct mail piece, and a number of hands goes up? How many of you came here because you got an email, and a number of hands goes up? But but it's almost evenly distributed. And the key to to really being successful with marketing your business is you need a multimedia approach. In other words, you can't just do email newsletters. I mean, I'm not saying you should should not do that, but it should only be one... one, um, arrow in your quiver, so to speak. You also, with B&I or chamber groups, it depends. Some, some aren't worth attending. Some are, are very worthwhile. You have to go and you have to see. And for me, I have, a, like I said, I have a laundry list of marketing activities I do. Some give me a much better return than others. And obviously, the ones that give me the best return, I focus most of my time, money, and effort on. But that doesn't mean I don't do the others, because the others sort of fuel the higher-performing things. It all works synergistically, if you will. So um, I would say if you're – and any business owner should should have some sort of a a criteria for – evaluating opportunities so that you're not going after everything with the same level of intensity and money and effort and so forth so obviously you should be constantly reevaluating your time and your money and your and your focus to seeing which things are top performing and replacing not just dropping off entirely but replacing the lower performing things with with activities and campaigns that perform at a higher level but again there are things that I do that I provide just a little bump, but I keep doing them because, again, it has a synergistic effect overall um, to, to deliver the results that I'm looking to deliver.
1: Okay, that makes a lot of sense, um, mm-hmm. Robin. You, mentioned, you were talking about direct mail pieces and having a call to action and all that other great, uh, great advice. There mm-hmm. is there anything that you can share with the listeners today? or the people that will be downloading, downloading this later for the podcast that, you know, what should be on your direct mail piece, testimonials, case studies, those type of things? What, what can you throw on that that will cre- create more bang for your buck there?
0: Well, the first thing you've got to think about in any marketing campaign is getting it delivered and read. Most people don't even think about this. They just stuff it in any envelope and they, they, they take great pains in writing the letter but then absolutely give no thought to the, the envelope. And the absolute best sales letter is no good to anybody if it just gets thrown away before it's delivered. So you have to think about ways where you can make get the mail through the gatekeeper and to the recipient. It's the same with email or anything else. You've got to get it to the intended person, and you've got to be able to get their attention. That's why things like lumpy mail, if you've heard of lumpy mail, that's where you use things where you're inserting things in the envelope to make it lumpy, using what's called teaser copy on the outside where you're. Like one of the the campaigns that my clients use is um, they have a we have a worry doll. It's a Guatemalan worry doll, and there's a legend that goes with the dolls that you put it under your pillow, and um, it's you you know it's supposed to suck all the worries out of your brain in some way when you sleep. But we put it in there as a as a catcher and says, "Why have I sent you the enclosed worry doll? Answer inside." And that's put on the outside of the envelope, and they can feel it's lumpy, they can see it's in there, feel it in there, and it gets them curious. It gets them into the envelope. That's why lumpy mail works really well. Or I've mailed, I have mailed sales letters taped to basketballs and mailed those in uh, cough medicine bottles, um, all kinds of crazy stuff. And what, the purpose is not to be outrageous but rather to get their attention. Then, of course, once they, you've got their attention, the letter has to have has to have incredibly good sales copy and this would be the next thing you've got to do if you're going to if you're going to invest money into marketing and be successful the one area i think that if if i was going to outsource any one piece this would be the piece get a great Copywriter, somebody who's excellent at writing sales copy to help you to create your letters. And that's what, quite honestly why people buy my kit primarily is just because I've written all the campaigns and the ads. I mean, we've got dozens of them in there, and they can literally cherry pick which one. You know, I want to use this letter this time or this letter that time, and it makes it a lot easier. So it has to have great sales copy, and great sales copy always includes a, a headline. Every mail piece, every It doesn't well actually anything a website needs to have a headline and a headline should either arouse curiosity it should promise a big juicy benefit or it should contain something that's newsworthy or all three okay Mm -hmm. and ideally if we could even flag who should respond, that would even be better yet in the headline. And then, of course, you've got to have things, um, you've got to sell the offer. If you're doing a, a campaign to attract a new client, You don't want to try and sell your services and the free thing. Your letter should be 100% focused on getting them to take the next step action, whatever that is, whether it's to go online and download a report, fax back a form to request a free network audit, whatever it is, the entire letter has got to sell that next step, nothing else. And so part of that, yes, like you're saying, Stuart, it does have it to include things like testimonials to back up what you're saying. If you're offering a free thing, you have to sell the free thing as though it costs money because people know that you know. in order to do this free thing, whether it's attend a seminar or download a free report, they're going to be inconvenienced in some way, shape, or form. They have to take time to do that. They have to, uh, in some cases, they know they might have to talk to a salesperson. So you have to sell the free thing in the, the, the campaign as though you were going to get money for it. They have to feel also as though they would be advantaged in some way, even if they never did business with you. Okay, So, for example, when we offer a free network audit, we don't just say, hey, we'll give you a free network audit and leave it at that because nobody wants that. We sell the value of it saying even if you didn't hire us, you'll breathe a big sigh of relief knowing that your backups are working properly, that you don't have spyware or viruses, that your firewall is protected, and any number of things, so that you don't have to worry about a big expensive computer problem happening. So it's got to have that, and, of course, that leads right into having an offer and having urgency to respond right away.
1: That's no, great. Um, and so, I mean, all this stuff we talk about has to, you know, take uh, you know a lot of time and a lot of money. Being well, IT the professionals and public <laughs> <business laughs> IT owners,
0: right. that, the we talked about
1: that. Sometimes it's not a, a lot of luxury a lot of us have. Uh, do you have any ways to outsource marketing or strategies for overcoming this?
0: Well, I think the owner, you as the owner, have to, you have to think of the strategy. There's two sides to marketing. There's the strategy side, and then there's the tactical side. The tactical side would be getting the web page designed, getting the letters in the mail. That I don't recommend you do. That I recommend you can outsource. And you can outsource it very inexpensively. Uh, There's tons of vendors out there that are willing to do those things. They do it very well. They do it very cost effectively. The one thing that most business owners want to outsource is the strategy part. And I have never in my entire life, seen anybody outsource that piece and be successful. And when I say outsource, what I mean is they either do a couple things. Tip, usually what they do is they hire a salesperson and they, they say, okay, the marketing is your job. Bring us in new clients. Good. And then they kind of, you know, wipe their hands and they go, whew, good, that, that thing's off my back now. And they've just left the entire direction, cash flow, the importance of the company in some salesperson's hands. And a salesperson is going to sit there and look to you to figure out, well, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to sell this? So as a business owner, you can't – that's part of being a business owner. It, you, you can't outsource that. That's like saying, I want to be a marathon runner, but I don't want to have legs. Well, you need legs to run a marathon. You can't, you can't not have that. So it's really important, the strategy part, which is picking target markets and defining niches and creating compelling sales – copy and offers and language and messaging to go to that target market and that will re- so it will resonate with them. And the offers and it also just ties back to knowing your target market because if you know your target market very well the thing that you're delivering, the products, the services becomes very easy and obvious because you if you understand your market you know it, you know what to create and deliver. And that is your job as an entrepreneur. Can you have people help and coach you? Absolutely. I mean, that's what we do here in this business. But it is your responsibility to do that. You can't outsource that. But again, outsourcing things like stuffing envelopes and printing and designing websites, those things can be done very cheaply. You should not be spending your time. As far as I'm concerned, you shouldn't be spending time to do that. Then at some point, once you've laid the map, just like I was talking about earlier with my lead generation, lead conversion system that works like a well-oiled machine – once you've created it, then you can hire staff to run it. And that's exactly what I've done. But, but if I, I, there's no one in this world that I could have hired to work for me that would have been able to create that kind of system. Because, number one, they don't care as much as I care. Number two, they don't understand the business or the customers as well as I do. And that's part of being an entrepreneur. This part of me in my business is creating that system. That is a valuable piece of property in my business. If somebody wanted to buy my business, part of the value is the fact that I have these systems in place and set up. That's what they're buying. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we've got like three minutes left, Robin, here in, in, in our lot of time. If I had one takeaway to take away from today, what would that be?
0: Uh, to give up your negative beliefs that you don't have the time to do marketing or any other reason why you're not getting it done, and get it done. That's it. <laughs> That's it, plain
1: <laughs> and, simple. And
0: you know, and also, you know, Stuart, I want to make this available because um, I want to do something for your listeners. And we kind of were doing this very quickly. My schedule's been so busy, I haven't really had a chance to put anything you know a really uh, exclusive package together if you will but for anybody who's listening i am currently doing half day seminars across the country i've got 4 left I've got one coming up in Atlanta next week. I've got one I'm doing in San Francisco, um, one I'm doing in Seattle at the end of the month that's tied on to S&B Nation and Stuart. I think you're, you're actually attending that one. That's right, yeah. And uh, then I've one in Orlando. And if anybody listening would like to attend that as a guest of mine, free, meaning, I mean, right now they're not free. They're $197, which is not a lot of money. But if anybody wants to attend for free, they can call my office, mention that they've heard, heard me on this uh, radio, Show, and we will get them signed up for free. Um, and the office number here is 615 790 5011. And again, 615 790 5011. And call in the office. I don't have a web page set up. If you go to technologymarketingtoolkit.com forward slash event, um, there is an. Oh, you, you can sign up and get information about these seminars there. And there's a, a free five-day mini marketing tutorial that's up there that you'll get absolutely free for going to that web page. And, uh, but if you go there and you try and find this offer, it won't be there. You really, you have to call the office in order to get it. Speak to Lisa or Jenny. We'd be happy to copy a ticket, provided that we've got seats available still, of course. Um, you know, because Atlanta's starting to look very close to full, and actually so is Seattle. So if you want to give us a call, we'd be happy to copy a ticket.
1: Perfect. And the Orlando conference, is that tied on to ConnectWise?
0: No. Uh, this, all these events that I'm doing are tied on to the ASCII events. Okay. Um, and uh, so the, the, one in, um, the one in Orlando is going to be on the 7th, and, okay. uh, November 7th. And then I'm also speaking at two other conferences actually in Orlando that same week. One is a uh, tech data and one is a scan source. So I really um, I didn't have the ability to go to the ConnectWise, or I won't be able to go to the ConnectWise conference.
1: Well, perfect. Well, I'll see you in uh, Tech Data for sure, because I'll be there in Orlando in November. So.
0: All right. Well, I'll see you there forward, again too.
1: Look forward to seeing you there. Okay. Anyway, we're out of time for today on the Small Business IT Radio Show. I'd like to thank uh, Robin for taking time out to, uh, to talk to us today, and uh, take her up on her offer. It's amazing, and uh, check out our website at smallbusinessit.ca for more details, and uh, have yourself a great, successful week. Thank you very much, Robin.
0: Thank you.
1: And everybody, have uh, have fun and uh, be careful out there.